Hi, everyone. My name is Dan Lewis, and you're listening to Brainstorm 911, the podcast. Each episode, I discuss issues facing the emergency communications industry. If you hear something you like, click subscribe. This week's topic is the three P's of 911, policy, procedure, and protocol. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out to the National Emergency Number Association. Just a few weeks ago, they held their annual conference in Louisville, Kentucky. As a regular attendee, I want to say this was one of the best conferences that I've been to. The city of Louisville was awesome, even with the record heat and humidity, but the NINA organization put on a great show. It was nice to see so many familiar faces, and I'm very happy to be witnessing an evolution of the organization. Next year, the conference is being held in Grapevine, Texas. If all goes well, I'll be there. Maybe I'll even bring my cowboy boots. Sit back, relax, and get ready to talk about policy, procedure, and protocol. The three P's of 911, policy, procedure, and protocol. I know every one of you out there listening has probably heard these for years, and you're probably tired of hearing about policy, procedure, and protocol. You started hearing about them in training. You hear about them every day from your supervisors or your management team. But do we all understand exactly what the three P's are? Let's start with policy. We all have policies. The policies tell us what we're supposed to do. So a policy is just basically a written indication of what you're supposed to do regarding a specific topic or issue. If you have a policy, it could be towards answering 911 calls. And it may direct communicators to answer all 911 calls immediately. That could be a policy. A policy could also be dispatch this type of unit to this type of call. Policy could be dispatch the units to a call within a specific time frame. Policies can range from broad to very specific. That's organization specific and you know each organization has to make the decision of how deep they want to go into a policy. Sometimes policies can hinder the 911 communicator by being too strict. So some organizations and agencies take a broader approach, giving you a a little bit of leeway, so to speak, in how you get the job done. They may say send these type of units as quickly as possible versus setting you in versus setting you into a specific time frame. So policies can always be your saving grace. So if you have a policy in place, it's usually in your best interest to follow that policy. They are there to protect you. They are there to make sure that you are doing what the organization expects you to be done. There are very few times that I would suggest challenging a policy uh, unless you believe that policy is putting people in danger. So policies and procedures should go through a very strict process a vetting process through legal. Um, There should be lawyers involved in vetting every policy that goes out to personnel, and they should be updated regularly. If something changes within your organization, then a policy should be updated as quickly as possible. 
within the confines of it going through a vetting process. If your agency or organization operates with a bargaining unit, it's very important that the bargaining unit understands the policies and that they agree to the enforcement of those policies. Because without policies, it's hard to hold people accountable for the job that they're doing. And if you work with a bargaining unit, you know, holding people accountable, you have to show them that here is the violation and we need to work towards improving performance on this policy. So policy is a written directive from the organization telling you what to do in certain situations. So what is a procedure? Procedure is the how of the three Ps. If a policy is the what, procedure is telling you how to carry out those policies. If you have a policy that says you answer all 911 calls immediately, then the procedure is going to tell you how specifically to do that. The procedure can tell you that when a 911 line is ringing, you click on the button that says answer, or you click on the line that will answer the call. And that is the difference between policy and procedure. Procedure is going to tell you how to do the job that the policy is telling you you're required to do. Procedures are very important. Um, it can be a daunting task, especially for new communicators coming into a center and learning how to do all of these specific tasks that are required of the job. Having a written procedure for everything you can think of lays out the expectations of how you expect your personnel to do the job how you expect them to meet the requirements of the policy. In the digital age that we're living in, we're, we're privileged to be working with some great computer-aided dispatch systems that give you many options on how to perform certain tasks, uh, whether it be assigning a unit or changing a status. And some CAD systems will allow you to do it five different ways. Your organization needs to identify those ways and say, here are your options in doing that, if that's what you choose. But if you have a specific way you want it done, that also needs to be identified as well. And that procedure becomes part of your training. So a procedure document tells someone how to meet the requirements of the policy. So if the procedure is how to meet, what is the protocol? The protocol itself would be a set of instructions that tells you how to complete the procedure. So if you have a policy in place that says you receive a medical call, you provide emergency medical dispatch instructions. Your procedure would be open the emergency medical dispatch protocol system and follow your training and certification for that protocol. The actual protocol are the instructions or the questions that you're going to use. So the protocol gives you the questions that you need to ask in order to gather the information needed for response. It also provides you with instructions to give to the caller. Protocols can be in many different forms. It's not necessarily for call taking. There can be protocols for dispatching, uh, the placement of the unit, the timestamps. You know, if you're dispatching a specific unit to a specific location, you say the unit name, location, 
type of call, timestamp, tech assignment. That could be a protocol. Uh, so protocols can be all over the place. You can have a protocol for a lot of different things. And many organizations do use protocol. There are protocol builders within some of these CAD systems uh, that tell you if you get this type of call, even if it's not one that we have a trained protocol, such as a certification, then you can provide these instructions or ask these questions on these type of calls. So the three P's of 911, all of them are very important. Policy, procedure, and protocol. And your organization is the one that's going to help develop those policies, procedures, and protocols. It's important for you to understand them, and it's also important for you to stay on top of any updates that occur in any of those three Ps. Without the policies, without the procedures, without the protocols, you would be winging it on your own. That opens you up to a liability situation. In the 911 industry, it's best to have all of the policies, procedures, and protocols that you can get, even though sometimes the training on them can be frustrating or you disagree with the policy or you disagree with the procedure. You believe there's a better way. It is always best if you follow what your organization puts in place. I hope you've enjoyed this short episode of Brainstorm 911, the podcast. For more information about me, and the podcast, visit brainstorm911.com. Next time on Brainstorm 911, the podcast, we're talking about customer service in the 911 Center. See you then.